You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Hi. Um. <laughs> Hi, guys. That was Krista. We're on Zoom right now because this chick got COVID once again. <laughs> Round three. <laughs> it's fine. My immune system is just building up. It's okay. That's right. It's making it stronger. Yes. Um, but yes. yeah, we wanted to take safety preca- precautions. Is that, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say yep. the word, but safety precautions. Um, and now we're on Zoom, and so that's why she sounds like that. It's okay. My perfectionism is really trying not to be bothered by it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so um, we're entering into the last episode of the masculine series. We're so excited. We're we're actually um, what you're about to listen to is just a audio clip of me and Krista and the guests that we have on for this episode. We're super excited, Um, but we Mm -hmm. wanted to give some kind of, um, what's the word? Background. Background, but also, oh, disclaimers. Uh, There we go. Yes. We want to give some disclaimer um, because this was a last minute decision to add somebody on to the episode. And thankfully he said yes to it. And I'm super grateful that um, the the person that you're about to listen to, he said yes to it last minute. Um, Justin Stumball, he's on the fourth episode again from the third episode he came on for the fourth episode and he called one up of his one of his buddies to you know help him with this episode and we we were hoping that he would and so he did um so yeah (laughs) but he was um he had he only had a short amount of time to do this episode because he had to get to something else so that's what you're about to listen to um and we're gonna all listen to it together and then we're gonna come back kind of do a little debrief because it was kind of a rushed thing but like Uh I said we are grateful but we're gonna come back after the episode and we're gonna do some more disclaimers of like where can you go from here from now like what are the next steps you can take after listening to these series and we would get, we're going to give you a ton of resources, um, ton of people to go to and just kind of debrief it all and kind of like pray it out and um, do some last minute encouragement for our men who have been listening. All right. So Krista, do you want to say anything? Yeah, it's going to go right into it. So we hope you enjoy. We'll see you in a little bit. (laughs) Okay, guys, we are here for the last episode of the Masculine Series. We're so excited. And obviously this, um, you know, you already know the title already, but it's called Connecting to Your Masculine Mm -hmm. Identity. So there's going to be lots of content, lots of good um, words of encouragement in this Mm -hmm. episode. And, you know, we have Justin Stumball back, you know, mm-hmm. he wanted to say yes. He couldn't get enough of us. Round he just two. had so much fun <laughs> on the last episode. So welcome back, Justin. Thanks girls. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. We're glad that you said yes again um, to another episode. So thank you. And I'm sure our male listeners are just so excited mm-hmm. to have you back. So we appreciate it, uh-huh. but we also have someone that I am just <laughs> 
inspired by on a weekly basis. And I have gotten the privilege to be coached by him and his wife. He's also, um, he has a business with him and his wife and the co-owner of Alive and Free. And um, he's just, I just want to say like, He's just very loving. He's shown me what, you know, real masculinity looks like. He's shown me um, a tender, loving nature of God in a physical man form. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also a life consultant. He has the Life and Free podcast with his wife. And he has the best dad jokes ever. (laughs) I laugh at him every week. So... (laughs) Apparently the only one. Yeah, yeah. So please welcome Spencer Robbins. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you. No, the dad joke comment was probably my favorite accolade out of any of those. So It's funny because last time they were like, Justin's like a comedian and he's so funny. I'm like, ah, you just warmed my heart. (laughs) Yeah, Spencer and I live for like just just people loving our craziness. Right. Yeah, totally. I think it's so cool what you guys are doing with the podcast, and I think it's it's fun to get to to hop on here and and go back and forth with somebody that I really admire, Justin. And mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool that you know you're you're getting the word out because I think there are such limited resources for men mm-hmm. that even consume or go through. I think some yeah. of it's like overly feminine and. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of hard to consume for men and it, it feels like just, man, how am I going to get from here to like all the way over there and do I even want to? And then there's a lot of stuff out there. That's just like shut down all of your emotions and just shove it under the rug and and just get her done. And I think it's cool. I think more stuff like this needs to happen. Good for you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Spencer. Um, even though you shared a little bit of your heart, but can you just tell us about yourself I know I know you but can you tell us about yourself um so just for our listeners to get some type of background yeah I mean I came from a super religious background Mm -hmm. and uh in in a home where everybody around me all my friends were like you have the best parents oh my gosh I wish I had your parents and Mm -hmm. uh and at the same time I felt like for some reason there was something always something wrong with me growing up like uh, there was something uniquely broken about me. I just, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was younger and had a lot of shame. I, I was overweight for a long time. I had built a lot of self-hatred uh, towards myself. And, uh, and that led to me coping and with pornography for a long time. And, um, and although I was around the church for, for my entire life, I always felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was just a project that needed to be fixed. And mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't really until the last decade that I, you know, and Justin played a huge part in this and have nothing but like the highest respect and honor for him. But where I I actually found real legitimate freedom at the core of my identity, uh, getting to unpack and understand a lot of the narratives that I'd had in my life uh, that were formed because of childhood wounding and pain and neglect and stuff that I, I was afraid to admit because I was so scared that people would be drawing conclusions around my parents, my family, that I was so scared to admit that there was pain underneath a lot of the things that I was living in. But I'd gotten to this point where I'd tried so many Christian things, you know, like we, we all try all the Christian things, all the disciplines, and some of us are better than others at performing in those things. But at some, at some point, you find out those things don't fully work to set you free. And 
at some level, you need to encounter unconditional love at the core of all the places that uh, are really your worst or the places where love hasn't really gotten in. And I think it was, uh, you know, Justin really started me on this journey where I'd come from hyper faith and spirituality to uh, feeling dead inside and, yeah. and, and not wanting to stay in that place. And he helped really invite me into this journey to face myself to confront my self-hatred, to confront my shame. And um, over the last decade, I've met with, you know, dozens of coaches and have been really, uh, really hungry and intentional in this journey to, to find freedom at every level. Like I want to, I want to be as childlike as I possibly can. I want to be connected to love. I want to have a vibrant, real love to give to people around me. And, um, and it's, it's been the scariest, hardest journey I've, I've ever walked but the most freeing and enjoyable rewarding experience i've ever walked through as well i want to add add something to that um you know spencer and i have we've evolved into this peer-to-peer relationship where it's really incredible being able to share uh, a masculine journey with someone who has an ability to actually be connected to themselves and dialogue about it and have genuine heartfelt conversations but Spencer didn't get to that place just like I didn't without having to face a lot of fears and get really honest about himself. A lot of, a lot of like one of the things that Spencer was just dialoguing about was like, he was living a lifestyle of performance. Like, and that happened to be through the faith expression. Like I'm just going to perform myself through this faith expression. And hopefully that'll get me across some finish line. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't actually vibrantly alive. And one of the things that stood out to me and, and why eventually Spencer and I built a peer-to-peer relationship was that he came in with a very honest, direct um, um, uh, opening to me Mm -hmm. immediately. And I don't know if you want to kind of share your initial thoughts when you came in that space, because I think it's inspiring to men when they hear like, oh, it actually takes me getting to this place where I can be honest with myself and the people across from me about what I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, is this an explicit or a clean pl- uh, podcast? <laughs> no, we cuss on here. Yeah. We're Christians who cuss. <laughs> yes, we good. keep it real. No, yeah. No, we want to get into that, into you all story. I think that's why we've um, both called you all on here because y'all mm-hmm. have known each other for a long time. I mean, yeah. how long have y'all known each other? How many years? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Nine years, maybe. Yeah. At least something like that. Nine or yeah. 10, somewhere in there. And do you feel like, like, can like connecting with Justin and really having that open safe space with another man, like helped you in your masculinity? Do you feel like that Spencer? Yeah. Um, cause I'm a pretty vulnerable person. I mean, like, uh, I, I think I've just learned to, to be honest, uh, with, in a lot of my life. And I think that's been used against me in, mm-hmm. in different seasons painfully, where I did open myself up and, and people did make me a project to be fixed, mm, uh, specifically mm-hmm. leaders. And I think the church, uh, in a lot of ways, in, in a lot of church circles, they do that poorly. And I think that there is a lot of fixing. And, um, and so it was so refreshing to have somebody that saw me and, and saw right past all the bullshit and was able to see the person that I really was underneath the mess that I was living in that season. He was able to look at me with, uh, with, a fatherly masculine love that had strength and protection and boundary to it and was able to call me out. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I was in Justin's office and I was like, fuck you, Justin. But (laughs) in a way that he would call out things 
that yeah. would help me face myself in such a loving way that I was like, man, the way that that was delivered, I was able to hear the hardest information a man can hear. Mm. But also know that it was so tethered to love. And, um, and it was the first time I'd ever experienced something like that at that depth. And uh, in that beginning relationship, I know you're asking about the beginning of our, our mm -hmm. story. Yeah. Like, how did y'all meet? Because I think that's really important. I've heard it, but I want like Krista and everyone else to hear it. Yeah, well, I don't know how much uh, Justin uh, likes me giving this away, but I have a friend <laughs> that met with with Justin, and uh, and this was a friend that was sort of religious, like uh, I'd, I'd known her as somewhat religious before, and uh, she had one meeting with Justin and got to process through all this stuff, and I was like, man, something's different about you, you know, and, and she she actually was listening to me, and I was in a lot of pain in this season, and uh, I ditched the church, I had a lot of pain towards God and ministry because I was the hyper ministry person that said yes to everything in ministry and mm -hmm. held zero. Uh, I took zero responsibility for my decisions in ministry. I just thought every opportunity was God saying yes. And, uh, and so I was heavily burnt out, but this one friend after meeting with Justin, things were like just radically different in her process. But she was like, I was like, what's, what happened? You know? And she was like, well, I met with, with this guy, Justin Stumble. And I was like, that's awesome. And I was like, uh, I was like, you know, is he, is he a coach? Was he a consultant? She's like, yeah, he, he's amazing, but, but he does, he does cuss. And so, um, you know, something like that. And I was like, it's awesome. Sounds great. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, like I need nothing in my life. <laughs> I need some swear words. Someone who's just going to be authentic. Yeah. My vocabulary at the time was swear words. So I, uh, I, I was like, cool. Well, I, I signed up that week and I get in there and, and Justin was like, okay, so, you know, unassuming, he's like, what do you want to, what do you want to like talk about? And I was like, well, I was like, I, uh, I hate God, hate church. Um, I'm sick of the judgment of Christians. Like every time I share what's going on in, in my world, like uh, they throw advice and things at me that I already know. I've spoken every sermon, like mm -hmm. on a lot of church stages, you know, and and they're just, uh, they give their unsolicited advice and I'm, I'm so sick of it. I, I, I'm honestly like, fuck God, fuck the church. Like that's, that's how I feel. And I was like, I'm getting drunk most days of the week at the bars. I'm looking at porn every day and don't care. I want to care, but I don't care. And I don't care if I sleep with a girl at the end of the bar. And he sits there and he's like, it's cool. Like, thanks for being honest. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, I have to poke and pry uh, to get a lot of people to be honest in here. Uh, and he's like, and I really appreciate you just putting it out there on the table. I was like, well, I'm paying you a shit ton of money. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, let's get down to it. <laughs> and, and then he, he changed the way he interacted with me for a moment and just, uh, you know, tore away any shame. It, it was kind of like... Um, I was like putting my cards out there to see what he would do with it. It was like a test to see like, are you going to, are you going to be a religious prick? That's just going to judge me in this. Like, mm -hmm. or, or are you going to help me get to like where I want to get to, which is free from these things. And I, I honestly was scared. I was scared that those things would perpetuate and I wouldn't be able to step into a satisfying marriage. I, I was scared that I would lose my entire future of wanting to be this person connected to love, connected to God. And, and that future felt more and more dismal. And so um, he was able to see that and see my heart in it and just love me in it. And, and, but the, the coolest part was after he loved me, he goes, um, he goes, uh, 
oh, this was the funny part. This was what he said. I, uh, I was like, he goes, he goes, so fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I was, like, I was like, do what? And he's like, sleep with the girl at the end of the bar. And then he sits back in his chair. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> 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 and, and i'm like i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> right i'm so confused <laughs> and, and uh and i was like are you allowed to say that and he's like it's my office i can say whatever i want <laughs> I <love it. laughs> and i was like i was like <laughs> and he's not laughing i'm laughing he's like uh-huh. not laughing and he's like is mommy and daddy looking over your shoulder He's like, why don't you be a grown ass man and make your own goddamn decisions for once in your life? Holy <laughs> shit. Justin. Good for you, Justin. No, yes. Yes. He freaking, he like, he yoded me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I sat there like actually feeling full responsibility and ownership for my life for the first time in a mm. long time. And I was like, I don't know if I want that. And he goes, exactly. You don't want that. And he was like, don't blame all of this stuff on the judgment of God, the judgment of church or anything else. He said, it's your own internal judgment. That's the problem. He's like, when did you first decide you hated yourself? And that's what opened me up to this process of realizing that the landing pad in my heart was actually my own self-hatred and shame that all of these other sources would trigger over and over again is my own relationship with myself that I was unwilling to confront and look at is I had left the little boy inside of my heart a long time ago. And I had, I had just chosen to not fight for him. I had chosen to die to him and I'd chosen to make him the enemy of my life. And if I could get rid of him, then I could be lovable. And that's actually what stole from me the love that my heart needed most. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. And then during this whole process, Justin, what were you thinking? <laughs> I mean, like I, I genuinely was like, oh, I love this guy. He's, he's, he's being honest. He's putting all of his cards out on the table here and stuff like that. Um, I knew that based on how he was delivering it, I'm like, this guy's waiting for me to be some, some um, religious guy who operates out of rules versus relationship and just wants is just waiting for me to tell him like this is the rule this is what you're supposed to do and you know i'm sitting there thinking you know this is a grown-ass man this is an adult he doesn't understand he's an adult and that he is driving the ship of his life and at the end of the day um it it's like we as human beings are going to make our there's what we actually want, which is quality of life. Right. right. And there's a bunch of decisions that we're making that don't align with quality of life. And I could tell that this guy wants this quality of life and he doesn't want to sleep with the woman at the end of the bar, but he needs permission to do it. I'm like, I'm sitting there mm-hmm. thinking like, if I can tell him, I trust him with his life and I trust that whatever's inside of him, ultimately at the end of the day, like what he really wants, if, if I trust in that, and believe in that with him, that he'll rise up to the occasion of that. If we can actually get to the guy that actually wants love, he actually wants care and he wants to be understood. Like if if we can get to that, he'll rise up to be the man that he's designed to be, that he wants to express in having a great marriage and being a great husband and all that type of stuff in his future. So part of, part of it is, is I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking he just needs another man 
to graciously and compassionately meet him and challenge him all at the same time. And I think that that's part of masculinity and the, um, the way that we really come alive the most is when we have a masculine challenge and it wasn't a gruff one. It wasn't a demeaning one. I was like, no, okay, then do it. Okay. You don't want to do it. All right. Then let's actually together face the thing that you're scared of. I'm going to challenge you to look into the things, the places that you don't, cause like I, I went into, okay. So when did you start hating yourself? Which was really a challenge of like, Hey, are we going to look at the things that you're scared to actually look at? Cause you've been wasting your time spinning your wheels on these outward expressions of your actions rather than facing your fear together with another man who's willing to love you through that process. And so I was like, if I can just get in and challenge him to face the things he's scared of and get honest with that, then we're going to see a lot of things dramatically change. But I loved him right from off the bat, right off the bat. I was like, <laughs> I love him. And I was wanting to fight for his life, not just in the moment, but something rose up inside of me. And I'm like, I want to see his future unfold in a way that um, that's not just like he survives, but he thrives. Like, I want to see it be all the best things that it can be. Yeah. You know what I think is so cool about y'all's relationship is that at the very beginning, you guys were both very direct with one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually whenever you meet people, it's very much like beating around the bush or like, Oh, I need to say the perfect thing. And so I feel like that foundation of what you guys started off with was solid. Y'all were like, Hey, mm -hmm. this is how it is. And he was like, okay, well, this is how it is. You know? I mean, that's how me and Krista were like, she was scared by how many questions I asked her about her emotions, about how she's feeling. Like we were just direct with each other right off that bat. And I think that's where the trust formed. Do you feel like for y'all, that's where the trust was formed or? I, I, I think that that that's an element of trust is right. directness. And I think that, you know, on the Enneagram, they would say that I'm an eight, a, he, a healthy healed eight, which is like a challenger that gets more direct and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that in, in, in masculinity, Mm -hmm. Like an expression of masculinity is directness. It doesn't mean I'm not talking about harshness, but I'm right. like honest, authenticity, mm -hmm. clarity, like yeah. masculinity is supposed to bring clarity to a moment, not an answer, but clarity in the sense of like, we're going to get out on the table. We're going to clarify what we're talking about. We're not going to beat around the bush. We're not going right. to live in fear and avoid a conversation. We're going to actually yeah. stand up to the occasion and not be worried about whether or not he's going to feel shame or he's going to spiral, or he's not going to understand me. It's like, I'm going to face the fear of that and just move right into the, those details. And, and, and I think that him responding well to it. Yes. I think that that created trust on both sides. Cause I was like, Oh, this is a guy who will actually be receptive to, to it and not run away from it mm -hmm. and not demonize me for poking at his fear. He's going to, he's going to respond back and, and, and draw closer to that challenge that's been brought to the table. Yeah. That's so good. Did, Spencer, did you have any thoughts Spencer on that? Sorry. On what built trust for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, on what I said there, but yeah, I think I, I have more thoughts on what built trust, but yeah, I mean, you know, something that you've said before and, and something I've shared before and something I really agree with is, is that uh, I don't really trust someone. This is actually a, a huge core value of mine now with uh, letting people influence me, mm. uh, like truly influence me from a place of like authority or coaching or you know it, some type of relational dynamic like that is I don't trust someone until they've had at least multiple rock bottoms and they've come to the mm -hmm. ends of themselves and and I think you know and you've shared that before and yeah. I, I imagine that's probably a, 
a huge reason why there was trust built probably on your end. Cause I, I remember you, when you invited me into being a peer, I was like, he's not doing this with a lot of people. And I could tell mm-hmm. that you, you've found safety in being the big person in a lot of relationships sure. In this type of, in this line of work, or even just confronting yourself this much, it's hard to find people that are able to, to do relationship in a way that feels safe enough mm-hmm. and people that are willing to, to let go of all of their protectors and just be themselves. And, and I, I had recognized in that interaction and as I got to know Justin over time that he had, he had been a person that had, be, had, had ended up he had ended in the end of himself like he had come to the end of himself multiple times Mm -hmm. and that's what built trust for me is this is not a person that's speaking from his his high tower his pedestal and 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 giving me advice from this place of I know better and I'm better but from this place of I I want to help you end the suffering that you're experiencing that we can all we can all face at any moment because we're not immune to suffering in this life yeah yeah. Yep. Justin, I want you to finish your thought about the trust forming before I move on to another question. Oh, I mean, it was it was that I kept watching Spencer face his fears. Like someone who mm-hmm. faces their fears, I build trust with me really fast. Because someone who's facing their fears is willing to face the shame inside of them mm-hmm. that, uh, that drives their life. Um, they're willing to take ownership because part of taking ownership is facing the fear that I'm going to be rejectable if I just own that I made this mess or I have these problems. And people who are not facing their fear are always trying to blame shift and vilify. And those people are really scary to me because I can never trust, like at some point I'm going to be the villain in their life. At some point I'm going to be the receptor of blame. At some point um, I'm I'm going to be on the back end of a hammer being swung at the side of my face. Right. So, but like, I watch like, okay, this is a guy that's willing to face those fears and, and no matter what it costs him. And that was something that I solidified inside of myself at 25, which really initiated a big part of my masculine journey is I'm willing to face my greatest fears, no matter what it costs me. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that the the price that we pay is humility and sacrifice. And it it comes with looking at ourselves. And I was like, here's a guy who's doing that. Mm -hmm. Cause every time I challenge him to something and I go like, here, face this fear, face this fear. He's like, okay, okay. And I saw the fallout. I saw the potential fallout each time of every time he faced a fear. And there was a hero inside of him, a champion that rose up inside of it. Mm -hmm. And, and went and did it. And so I'm like, okay, I can lock arms with this person long-term because we may have big messes, we may have challenges and stuff, but he's still going to face the fear of the rejection that may come up with it mm-hmm. and the scary conversations that we may have to have. And he's going to pursue trying to figure out how to love me as I pursue trying to figure out how to love him when we're at our messiest and most difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. It's like every person's going to face mess. Yeah. You know? like, and, and it's like, how are you going to treat me when we face a mess together? You know, yeah. and and if, if we do, if we do have repercussions from something that's extremely painful, are you a person that's willing to own your side of it, like yeah. full mm. side of it? And I think there, because like you were sharing, so many people are crippled by shame or in denial to their own shame, Yeah, haven't even unpacked that they carry massive shame. 
it, it bleeds out and their subconscious takes over and they do end up blaming and they're anywhere there's shame we're unwilling to take ownership because if we take ownership yeah. for a mess then shame tells us that mess makes us broken or makes us the mess it, we identify with the mess and so that's why it's so scary when people aren't willing to take ownership for their shame or face their shame is because inevitably that will come out and, and you'll have to, you have to create a, a villain scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every time, yeah. every time. Um, Spencer, how did this relationship help you break through some of your belief systems of what a man, a man should look like or act like? Well, I think one of my biggest pains in my life was that my, my dad never, you know, I wouldn't say never, but he was very kind, but also passive in a lot of ways. And not because he didn't want to be involved at every turn, but I think because he didn't know how to be active and involved in my life as a father in a lot of ways. And in his, he worked in medical sales and he was gone four or five days out of the week sometimes. And, uh, and for a lot of weeks, my childhood. And when he was home, he was, he was an alcoholic until I was 15. And, uh, and I remember taking a lot of trips to the store with him and he'd grab, you know, beers and then he'd be on the couch watching football. And, and what was so uh, helpful about that season with Justin is that there were so many moments that I got to be fathered and, mm -hmm he got to stand in the gap as, as a dad in moments. And, and then I also got to find the father, like I actually got to find God, the father as well. Like he got to be a signpost, like Justin got to be a signpost to the father. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point too, is like so many of us want to, okay, now Justin's my dad, like, and, and, and then all of a sudden, inevitably he's going to fail me yeah. because yep. he's be the perfect dad. And but I think the whole experience allowed me to, to not be functioning from such deep deficits that I was able, able to piece together all these fathering moments where I, was, I wasn't as arrested in development to where passivity had left me alone, unprotected, unsafe, unfought for. And I actually got to feel like I, I got to grow up in a lot of areas where I was arrested in development, feeling like a little kid in different scenarios. And I think that's the beauty of fathering and, and, and not just trying to get fathered as an adult, but actually touching those child parts of me that were still in massive pain, that, that wounded part of me as a child that was still controlling my life in ways that I, you know, I didn't want it to, but I didn't even recognize that's, that's what was happening. I think that season really helped me piece together uh, an understanding of where I had neglect, of where I needed to be fathered. And I got to piece together a lot of fathering moments that allowed me to grow up into a man. I want to add this to what Spencer just said, <clears throat> because I think it's so powerful him pointing out the signposts deal. You know, the reality is, is as much as I was a fantastic gift to Spencer, there are times where I had no capacity to show up relationally. And I dropped the ball relationally and it could have left him devastated. Like, Oh, he failed me in these areas. If he put me in the space in a wrong way um, to be that source to him, 
Instead, he was like, oh, I navigated being able to make him a signpost that actually was, was just a picture that was leading me back to a creator that isn't going to fail me, an intimate relationship with an unconditionally loving father that is going to like stand the test of time, no matter what Justin does or other men do inside of life. And the beauty of that is it just, it lowers the stakes. Any men who can actually utilize signposts along the way, it just lowers the stakes on the signposts. The signposts can be authentically themselves, can be authentically messy, can continue to be human and process. I didn't, I never felt like Spencer took his father wound in the places that I couldn't show up and, and drop the ball. I never felt like he put it on me. and was like, see, you're just like my dad. And you did it. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't take that and weaponize that at me. He actually walked away with this sense of honoring towards me. I'm just like, I'm just thankful for the gift that you have been like, you've oh, done yeah. all these things and that's more than enough. And like taking the high stakes off other men to be all of these things yet still being able to receive from them is going to give them the ability to show up as best as possible because then they don't feel the pressure. They don't feel like they're always failing and they feel like their love is actually landing and counts. And that made a big deal with me for me because I was like, oh, he's not vilifying me when times there were times when I can think of, I'm not going to go into details right now, but where I was like, oh, I dropped the ball. I wasn't able to show up there uh, for Spence where I easily could have gone into a shame spiral and I didn't feel him like try to heap shame on me. Like, wow. It just Mm -hmm. created more and more intimacy with me where I'm like, I love him so much. I can trust him. I can be messy with him. Yeah. I love that there was no like pedestal or like expectation there too. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. And I think that we, can have such a massive deficit in having, you know, uh, Laura Duncan talks about our sources of needs, how there's a capital S source and lowercase s sources, and no person can be your capital S source of anything. And, and ultimately, I think the gospel is so necessary to like, uh, you know, for, for all of our fight against religion, uh, Justin and I individually both have a passionate love for God. And yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that it's so necessary inviting God into the journey too, because we all literally as cliche as it sounds, have a God shaped hole in our soul. And, yep. and we were made, we were made uniquely to have him as our capital S source in our lives. And mm-hmm. I think so many people have been destroyed by religion Yeah, and the pain that religion brings that they, they can't relate to an angry, disconnected God that is not like a father. And so they live in reaction to this God that their parents or religious figures have represented, misrepresented their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And the whole time they're missing out on getting their, their soul filled because they, they, without, a, without God, you do have to make people your capital S source and they will, they do. And you'll end up a bitter and in pain, like uh, just destroyed person mm-hmm. because it's how we're wired as human beings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good. I'm glad yeah. that you brought that up. Yeah. Same. And like, I guess I want to ask you, cause we have, and I love how you brought up the father wound in your life, um, Spencer. And because we talked about that in the last episode, mm-hmm. Justin was talking about that and how it like bleeds so much into your masculinity and what that looks like for as a man. Um, and I know, I don't know if you want to get into your father, but um, how did you, 
like what masculinity looked like on this journey. Um, I want to ask you, what did masculinity look like? And then what does it look for you, look like for you now? I think masculinity wasn't even something I thought about before, you know, a whole lot. It, it just was like, there's men and women, you know, and right. unfortunately <laughs> some men don't feel like men, you know? Um, and, and I, I, I just kind of chalked it up to like, I grew up with two brothers, like I'm a man I never struggled with masculinity, but then it wasn't until I got clear that I struggled, that I started to actually entertain this inner dialogue of like, what is masculinity? What have I known it to be? And I think mm-hmm. asking those questions and, and opening up, because I'll just say this first, like none of this matters unless you get aware first, right? Like self-awareness is always the first step. Yep. I, Come on, I think, Spence. I think a lot of counseling stops there. Uh, a lot of talk therapy. It's like, just talk about your problems and it's like, it's helpful, but most counseling doesn't have access to a true source of healing, you know, and an unconditional love or they artificially create it with no source or origin. And, and, and that's why it, it lacks power is because it doesn't, it's not backed by the cross or the resurrection or any of what we believe our God to be. And, um, and I, I think for me, I was, uh, it was really self-awareness that made me start asking this question of what is masculinity. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so cool what, you know, Justin, what you were building back in the day, the liberation project at the time. And, yeah. um, and that was shortly after you and I started meeting and, and it was like, man, this is how cool the timing that it actually started causing me to ask a question I never would have asked otherwise. Maybe at some point in my life, if I had a midlife crisis that, that forced me to have to look at this mm-hmm. stuff, but uh, essentially I had a quarter life crisis. And, um, and, and I think that that question brought so much freedom afterwards, but we have to get to the question first. And I think mm-hmm. so many people are so unwilling to face themselves. Like they're so happy with all of their shit under the rug that they're like, I can manage my life fine without ever having to look at this. And they don't, but they don't, they're not able to draw the connection yet to how much that is controlling their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think I had such a a great um, just confrontation with that's what Justin confronted me with that I was like, oh, you know, so when I started asking the question, now I see masculinity as, as uh, dangerous. Yes. But like, (laughs) But, and, and I think it is, it's dangerous and it actually destroys people in the toxicity of it, but still those are wounded children that yeah. are controlling, that are controlling big man bodies, you know, and, and it's not men. It's not like even narcissism. We give like, there's all this talk about, we love to point on the outside of stuff. Yeah. yeah. We love to look at the outside and, and the word even says like, man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. And I think that's the core of all of this is that we can, we can judge something as narcissistic. And it, it's like, even the word judgment in the Greek is category. And we love to categorize, yep, categorize. So, that can, yeah. so that we can understand. And the more I can just understand things, it'll keep me safe. And so I'm going to create judgments here and judgments there. And like the whole time we're trying to chop the weeds, but there's this root system that grows so many more weeds and we're not addressing the real stuff. And underneath all of that though, are wounded children. I think true masculinity is a man that's willing to face his inner child Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and actually like partner and agree with the love, true, real, unconditional love and let love penetrate all of the parts yeah. of his heart that he's unwilling to face or bring out or, or, or make aware. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to throw something in there um, that kind of passed through my head while you're chatting there. 
And it was that, you know, as, as Spencer and I have gone on a peer-to-peer relationship, there is an exchange. There's, there's a mutual exchange about these parts of our hearts regarding the kid inside, regarding the pain inside the, the history inside. And a lot of men, they're terrified to have that exchange. I mean, it's, it's paralyzing for them to do that. They'd rather, you know, keep bullshitting about politics or sports or something like that and keep it surface level um, because they're, they're really scared of that exposure. But like men, like as you're listening to this out there, like something that throws us forward and causes a deep sense of camaraderie wasn't just that we did some project together and built something together. It's that we, we built hearts together. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely was part of building his heart in his season. And then as he became a peer, I've let him, I've leaned on him and, and given him painful places inside of my soul. And we've rebuilt places inside of my own soul together of like, as we've processed things that I've gone through. And I think that it's, it's like one of these things that like men don't actually know how to, how to healthily weaponize their masculine relationships for their benefit. Like the weaponization of like, I'm going to weaponize the love and the camaraderie that the, 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 the mutually shared pain and experiences that we go through, we're going to dialogue, a dialogue about it in a way and fight for each other in a way and expose and be vulnerable in a way that's going to, we're going to take and make a weapon out of, out of our, our, our process and destroy like the things that stand in the way uh, together, we're going to destroy the things that stand in the way of us experiencing the fullness of life in, in a masculine camaraderie bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so good. Cause a lot of men are like, how do I do this? Like, it's so scary to be honest. It's so scary to connect with it. Like, I don't know what masculinity really even is like my dad and, went like all these things. And they're living on islands. So yeah. I have men consistently come through my office being like, I feel so alone to figure out this mm-hmm. life alone, to figure out how to be a father, a husband, to figure out how to overcome something at work. And I'm like, your resources are all around you. There are these men that you've done all this life with, but you guys aren't having the deeper conversations yeah. that feel really terrifying. You're not willing to face that fear together inside of it. And I'm like, you're, 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 your springboard to success is the man across from you that, that is, that is um, waiting unconsciously for you to get real authentic yeah. and expose your pain inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you say that for like, cause I'm just like, all these people are like popping in my head as y'all are talking. Like, would y'all say that for like um, men who have like this group of friends, but what if these group of friends are all making destructive decisions like how do like how does that even come about of creating that honesty in space or like do you go find somebody that feels safe like I'm just like I hear these guys in my head asking these questions experience with that (laughs) yeah we have none whatsoever (laughs) yeah you know like what would you say to those men of like basically coming up with excuses I want to be kind but you know what I'm saying I have can I do you, do you want to go first for me? Can I jump? Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, there, there's a couple of things that resonate in my mind when you say that. I think that there's one side of the coin that looks like someone having big enough balls to stand up and say like, dude, what the hell are we even doing here? We have to change the way we do this. 
we are not thriving. We're just bullshitting about all these things and getting by drinking all the time and dicking off. Like we were made to be men and we don't necessarily have dads that showed us the way, but we got to start somewhere. And it takes a heroic thing that rises up inside of a man, inside of a group that says, I'm actually going to begin to risk. And none of you may respond to this. In fact, all of you may mock it. You may downplay it. You may uh, lock horns with me and butt heads over it repeatedly for a season. And maybe none of you will take that response, but it takes someone again, getting steel marbles and being like, I'm going to face the fear inside of me. And I'm going to, I'm going to hash it out. Even if it looks messy with my group of guy friends. Mm -hmm. And if there's a complete and utter rejection of it, I'm not actually going to slink away and feel small and feel humiliated because these guys are too scared to have Mm -hmm. to face something that they don't know how to face. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the next step and I'm going to be powerful and proactive. And I'm going to begin to go on a search and be a leader in other ways where I'm going to go, I'm going to lead the way in finding other guys that maybe like I, I get a little whiff of like that guy might be willing to actually share some things. And I'm going to lead the way and be vulnerable and see who responds inside of it and see what kind of community I will deliberately build around me with people. Mm-hmm. Cause if it doesn't exist, I'll build it. And that to me is such a, it's such a call to our mass, something in, wired inside of our masculinity. There's something that says, I want to create and build. And we're busy building things that don't matter. Well, why not create and build relationships deliberately put a challenge inside of us. It's like, I'm going to develop that. And I'm not going to wait around passively for someone else to do it. So those are two thoughts I have. Spence? Yeah, uh, I think that was so beautifully articulated too, because I'm just like, man, that's that's it. But uh, like the one thing I'd like to add to that, you know, I think it's very vulnerable to get in touch with your desires. And I think there are so many men that have died to their desires a long good, time ago. Spence. And uh, it, I'm just thinking about even living here in Hawaii, uh, it's all brand new relationships here for the last few years. And, and I've had to take ownership for the things that I want that I don't have. And, and it, 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 leadership, I think here's, here's what I'll say. A lot of men think that leadership is, is being the guy that has all the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, okay, I'm a leader. Like those leaders are the guys that have as, as enough answers to lead everybody else. And I think that's not what a leader is. A leader is somebody that is connected to a vision of, that's connected to desire, that's willing to share that and go after it and, and, and help other people that feel connected to that same vision get there as well. They don't have to be the guy with all the answers, but they have to be humble enough to be willing to talk about their deficits and their desires. Desire is connecting with what I don't have that I want. Mm -hmm. And in church in Christianity and religion, we are so shamed in our desires and we've learned to discipline our desires. And there's this, there's this Greek Gnosticism that believes we're inherently sinful. And so we should just get rid of every pleasurable thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. And, And Jesus gave us a new heart. Mm-hmm. And we've been given a new nature. And it even says like uh, Psalm 37, four, delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. It, mm-hmm. it talks about in James chapter four, how the reason that there are wars and confrontations and conflicts is because the desires that wage war within us, like it's, it's those lusts that envy those things that drive us to only satisfying things in the temporal, but we don't actually go after those things that are going to satisfy us inside and I think 
I see so many people are choosing destructive, like men that are choosing into destructive behaviors like that. They're dissociating from their pain. They are scared and they are running away from their pain because mm. they don't, they either feel hopeless that it's even possible mm. to have their desires filled. And so it's like, we even want to judge those guys. Like you're making destructive decisions. What are you doing? Like you're just blowing your life. And it's like, no, they may not even know it's possible. They yep. may not even be connected to the pain that's underneath all that stuff. And they may think this is just a life that's made for me. Like I've felt that apathy, even in the seasons here in Hawaii, where it feels like it's always an invitation to just give up, mm-hmm. to just give up. Like you, you don't want to be the person that builds this, that does this your whole life. But I know my dissatisfaction with, with, with emptiness is greater than my, my, my apathy. It's, it's greater than my willingness to do nothing. And yeah, I think good. men have to get enough vision and connect with their desire for something else. Like, I don't want to be the guy that has all the answers that's in the corner, that's, that's disconnected and right. not connected to love, not living a vibrant life. Like, I want to be the person that loves my life, like truly feels connected to my soul, connected to relationships. And like, that's the vision I'm fighting for. And so since I have that vision, I'm willing to go through a lot of junk to go after it. Spencer, you, I just want to add this, excuse me. You articulated that so well, because like, if you don't desire anything, there's nothing to, to shatter apathy. Mm -hmm. It's like, so what, nothing matters, nothing matters. And I look at that and I'm going, yep, that's the, if, if anyone took anything away from what we're saying, you can take away from Spencer being like, you have to actually connect to your desire. And then the desire, Spencer, like he said, is talking about, it's not a desire for destruction. What do I actually desire? Mm-hmm. Do I actually want to bang one more woman? Do I want to make another hundred thousand dollars? Is that actually what I want? What does my soul actually want? And like, like he was kind of articulating on desire is um, only found in self-awareness. And it's like, if I'm ever going to move my life in any direction, I have to get a self-awareness of what's going on inside. And when, and when I find out what's going on inside, I find out like, Hey, there's a whole bunch of things I long for, but I buried them because I believe the lie can never have them. And they weren't made for me. And, and, and I, I, I like that. I'm always going to be a failure. Like you start seeing all the things that are these, uh, adverse accusations that keep us from actually being who we were designed to be. And so when he talks about this, I'm like, yeah, you need to find your desire. Your desire is hidden behind this mountain of belief system that we don't want to even look at what drives me. Like oftentimes guys are just doing life and they're never saying like, why am I doing life? Cause like a common mantra is it's just the way it is. This is just the way life is. This is just who I am. It's these bullshit responses that are really a reaction to not wanting to have to look internally and do the hard work of being like, what? Why do I do what I do? Yeah. Why do I believe what I believe? What life do I want to have? What? And I mean, those questions feel enormous at the beginning. They feel overwhelming in the beginning, but there's so much incredible fruit that is produced from beginning the journey. If all you can do is just start asking the question, like, what does drive me? What Mm -hmm. do I really want in life? Why do I make the decisions that I do so that you could get down to your desire? It's going to ignite all kinds of passion. And you don't, again, like Spencer said, you don't even have to have all the answers. It's like this, um, trust fall, this beautiful trust fall that we do with our creator. Mm -hmm. As we begin to, um, vulnerably open up and be like, I think this is what I desire. Mm -hmm. I don't, 
I, I don't even know how to get to it. I don't even know how to answer a lot of this stuff. I'm just going to trust that somehow the fact that I'm asking the question, there's going to be grace that's going to manifest itself for me to find these answers. And I'm going to find out that I'm actually not an abandoned orphan little kid, but I yeah. actually have a good Papa, um, spiritual source that's involved in my story and has been knocking on a door waiting for me to open part of the way that we open the door to, to God's involvement in our life is the question. It's the humility. The humility says, I'm just going to ask the questions. I'm going to do some investigation. He's like, great. You're asking. So you're giving me permission to actually bring an answer to the table. Cause I'm not going to vi violate your will. So I'm just going to patiently wait until you actually want to hear from me and I'd happily jump in and, and dialogue and lead with, lead you. But that feels scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, like just to piggyback off that too, I think about how Jesus constantly invited, like Jesus, I think used to, went through my own filter of, of uh, Christianity a long time ago that Jesus was passive. He was a doormat and he loved a lot of people and was kind and compassionate. And I'm like, I didn't see adventure and I didn't see like this the unknown and I didn't see but there's so much of that like even just throughout all of it and he constantly confronted constantly confronted yeah yeah you know, and, and I think about how we all have to be willing to let go of our little safeties like our yeah. our little and I think of just like the destructive behaviors dissociation numbing out that's just one form of protection you know yeah. self-protection Right. There's a lot of different ways that we we want to to protect ourselves from facing ourselves and and having to see our shame and, and see our, our our guilt and our our own unresolved pain underneath. Like I, I think about the the rich young ruler. Here's this young guy that has accumulated a lot of wealth and obviously had skills and abilities that was able to produce a lot of wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, even uh, going up to him saying, Hey, good teacher, you know, what do I what do I need to do? to inherit eternal life. And, and he's like, and he starts listing off the commands. I wonder if Jesus was like, I can see right through your BS. Yeah. I can see, you're just asking, you're asking me what formula and rules can you follow to be safe? Cause you know how to follow rules. You've learned the science. You've learned the science of making wealth. You've learned the science of success, which I'm, I'm telling you, like there are a lot of men that are out there that they're wealthy and successful. They're self-made man. And it's like, they're dead inside. And they, yep. cannot, right. they cannot connect in relationships. They do not like life. Nothing is ever enough for them. And they're just like, they're, they're constantly thinking that just the next thing is going to satisfy them, but they are the ones that are enslaved to, to the life that's in front of them. And Jesus wants us fully free. Yep. And those types of men are scary. And it's scary to want to step into that and let go of things. But Jesus was like, there's one thing you lack. You know, even the guy said, like, I've kept all those since my youth. And he's yeah. like, then it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Like that's the first thing that qualified Jesus to even speak into this man's life was that he loved him. He wasn't judging his richness. He wasn't judging his skills. Come on, Spencer. Well, he was like, Jesus loved him. And it said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Right. And then it said the man, the man was grieved and walked away for he had met, he had so many possessions. And I think about that and I'm like, man, what could he have missed out on? Could he have been the next disciple? Could he have been close to Jesus for three years? Could he have, mm -hmm. like, would he have lost his skills and abilities? No. He would have had all the same skills and abilities that he acquired to produce wealth, but he could have done it from a place that he was heart connected. How many guys have Come built on. businesses that they don't even want to own? Mm 
Mm -hmm. because they've settled for richness, like having riches. They've settled for a big house. They've settled for the nice car. They've settled for the possessions. And it's like, no, you've missed out on all of it entirely. Your life is so much bigger than these tiny little safety nets that you've tethered yourself to. And like, that's the, that I feel like is masculinity is like, am I willing to let go of those Mm. safety nets that are actually keeping me from being the most authentic expression of myself, Mm -hmm. a man that is fathered. And and that's what I think is is so important. Like, that's the one thing I wanted to add. That's so killer, man. (laughs) Yes, I was loving listening to you share on that as a side note. Uh, yes Spencer I love how like honestly all like each one of you is just touching on everything that I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. in this episode like just narcissism like how even like men have been demonized and like that labeled in that those aspects we even have a episode where we talk about narcissism where it has been demonized um and so and just like how the fears and everything that y'all just said was just absolutely beautiful and I really just want to connect right now I mean we've been connecting but I really just want to connect and because I'm picturing I mean you even touched on this too Spencer I'm picturing this man standing in front of the mirror and not even loving himself or maybe even have never even said to himself like face to face while looking at himself saying hey I love you hey like you have permission to cry or like I'm proud of you just saying those compassionate words over them and knowing that they have permission. Like, what would you say to that man who's looking at himself in the mirror and who's never felt that way? Who's never felt love towards himself. I think that, um, a lot of men have, uh, emasculated love and have, have filtered that through maybe, uh, their unhealthy dad's perspectives and and unhealthy masculine perspectives on love. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of woo woo self-love out there too, that honestly mimics like a false version of love that really is not fully masculine. And I think the what's helped me in my journey to love myself, because I hated myself when I used to look in the mirror, I hated myself for how broken I felt. And I hated myself for all the the imperfections that I saw. And, and, and ultimately I, I saw the chubby, uh, insecure 12 year old Spencer that had existed for a long time that I had, I had made it my goal to get rid of him the rest of my life. And maybe then someday I'll become lovable and become the man I want to be. It was before I could love myself, I had to take ownership for that first. And I think what a lot of people are trying to do is like, it is, is just rushing to love yourself. And it's like, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just go out with a random person, sit down for coffee and be like, I love you. It's a process. Right. It's like, that feels fake and phony. Like, and, Mm. and we don't even know each other. Like, I think one of the first things you have to do is recognize how I've treated someone. Like Mm -hmm. if I've been mean to someone for 10, 15 years, I'm not just going to rush onto, Oh, I had this epiphany and I love you. It's like, no, I, I want to unpack and understand how have I treated you? I want to, I want to, I want to reconcile that relationship. And I think it's, it's just like you would with the brother. Like, you know, there's that scripture, like if you want to go have a gift to God, like go leave, first, leave the gift there, go reconcile with your brother and then come back. It's like, I think we have to do that with ourselves. Yep. And yeah. there's so much reconciliation that needs to happen before we, we actually agree with love. I need to unpack, like, how much do I hate myself? Why do I hate myself? What parts of myself do I hate? Why have I hated myself? 
it's like, oh my gosh, like I would never be this way to a five-year-old little boy. Yeah. I would never be this way to another child, but I've been this way to you for a long time because I've dehumanized you. Mm-hmm. And I think so many men have to recognize how they've dehumanized themselves and that they've, they feel like they've outgrown love when in actuality, that deficit is still controlling their lives. And I think yeah. the more real they can get about that, the more it'll be palatable to, to actually uh, welcome love again, you know? I want to mm-hmm. add this to it. Um, I have had some of the most hardened men, we're talking guys who have killed in war wow. um, in my office. Mm-hmm. And I have a giant mirror. It's like right over my shoulder here. And, 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 and I have a mirror practice that I've done for years. I'll take these guys and I'll get them in there. I'll begin to paint a picture of like, I want you to look that guy in the face and I initiate with like, what do you see? And they're like, they list all the crappy things, all the, all the things, all the judgments they have externally, internally, whatever. And I begin to paint the picture of their story that they've already told me. And I start repeating it. And I'm like, that's a real man right there. It's a real person with real feelings. And this is really what they've had to go through. And across the board, is I have them begin the process of like apologizing and acknowledging, I hurt you. I hurt you. I was just like mom to you. I was just like dad to you. I treated you in just in the same way as the abusers that came before. I picked up their whip long after they're out of our life and I began to use it against you. And across the board, I've had these guys break down and weep, weep. I'm like, I've had, I had one guy who was shot and stabbed repeatedly as a guard in the military for a high level, um, uh, high level officer, whatever it is. And just so hardened, so hardened because he had to survive so much violence in protecting and doing what he did. Watched him roll in complete fetal position and just shake and sob cry. Um, because for the first time he was seeing himself and he was acknowledging the pain and his soul was screaming, I've needed you for all these years to see me and to treat me with respect and to acknowledge the pain that I'm in. And so it like, it people don't understand that reconcile like as they're like hey please forgive me please forgive me it's sh- they're shattering shaking guys who haven't cried in years are going like i haven't cried in years i don't know what's happening and they're just sobbing because their insides were being like i needed you to ask me for forgiveness you've been so ruthless to me mm-hmm. and it's true and it's, and it's a game changer so yeah um Boy, I, I love having this conversation. I love that you guys have allowed us to be here today with you. Yeah. I just like, I think it's so cool because hearing you guys speak, I really think that like the bottom line of connecting to your masculinity really is just connecting to yourself. Like yep. it's just having, like you guys have said several times, it's connecting to yourself. It's that self-awareness. And like, one of the things that we love saying is that you are the only person you're guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. And so like, that's a really important relationship to have. So when you're talking about like, I need to get to know myself and why I do the things that I do. It's basically like when I was going through my journey, it was like dating myself. It was getting to know myself so that I could you know, live connected. Cause I'm, if I'm not connected to myself, I can't connect to other people. Right. Right. But that's like the underlying thing that I'm like, I keep hearing over and over again, as you guys are talking, but we are so grateful that you guys came here and shared your hearts. It's been so cool to listen to both of you guys, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm go ahead. Spencer. <laughs> go ahead. 
I just wanted to say, I get, I get so charged up even just listening to Justin and getting to go back and forth <laughs> with him. Like, I do uh, too. It's so fun. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm saying things that I haven't said, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, this is, it's such a fun conversation. I think all mm-hmm. this stuff is stored up too. And it, yeah, it's waiting for a platform to get out. And I just even listening to you talk, I'm like, man, it, it just, it, it inspires me more and more like the the man I was 10 years ago wishing I could hear these words you know and, yeah and just touching that like taking an outsider perspective on this conversation going like man even just even just now this is so vital for me to hear and have this conversation man just thinking like where I was at 10 years ago or 15 years ago like I, how how much this would feel like you know water after walking in the desert for for months and like it's it's just so fun this is great thanks for making oh. this possible yeah thanks for putting this together ladies because uh i i just love like even getting to riff with spencer here it's been fun spence i love you so much my man so thank you, you for having us on yeah yeah i mean y'all are both inspiring and spencer i know you have to go so thank you i just wanted to thank both of y'all again because Y'all could have said no, but y'all said yes. And I know Spencer, you probably felt a little forced because Justin called you. <laughs> He's like, no. He's like, no, Alexis, stop. <laughs> but I honestly didn't. I, I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? I was like literally verbally processing over the phone with him. I was like, I yeah. really I want to do this. It was like, even if it's like just us listening, I'm like, this would be a fun conversation to have. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying yes to this. And I'm sure so many men have been inspired just mm-hmm. by listening to y'all's voices. And um, just before you go, Spencer, how can they connect to you? I know you have the live and free podcast with your wife. Um, how else can they connect with you? Or just um, Gosh, I mean, um, that's probably the best way, you know, and yeah. uh, the live and free podcast. Uh, yeah. And I, then I you have and then you ahead. have programs on the Alive and Free website that all men and women can go on. Like the Yeah, yeah. We're and we're we've redone our, our come live program so that men and women can jump into it. I think I think people should just get as many resources as they can, like Justin and Abby's stuff, our stuff, right. like just it's such a, a foreign concept, like just consume all of it, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys again. And we love y'all so much. Thank you, Spencer. I'll probably just see you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you, Justin. Thank you, Spencer. And um, yeah, y'all are great. Thank you. We got to do our bye. Oh, yeah. We got to do our bye. Spencer, you got to do it. I'll say Justin knows, but at the end, we go bye. 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 Okay, ready? Okay. We got to do it in sync. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Later, Bye, guys. guys. Thank Bye, you guys. so much. I think that oh, has to be God. the first time we've ever like listened back on an episode, especially together. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, like I thoroughly enjoyed listening back to that episode because it just like reminded me of how their relationship is such like a beautiful example of how two males can come together and interact in a healthy way and not just surface level and be able to be completely open and honest with one another. Like, I know that that's not really something that always happens. So it's such a good reminder that it can happen. And not only did they show us that it can happen, they gave you practical ways on how to make it happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that's why I, I love, like, I have such a high respect for both Justin and Spencer. Like mm -hmm. I like get coached by Spencer and his wife all the time. And I always listen like you and me, Krista, we always listen to Justin and Abby's podcast. Like they're just such great resources to go to just if you want to, um, get more aware or just get more connected to yourself or just know that like, oh, wow, there's actually people like this in this world. And I don't feel so alone. And they put language to a lot of the things that I um, have been feeling for my whole life. And they bring language to it. And I feel understood and seen. And that's why it was so big that we even had them on this podcast. Like oh I remember my. telling you, Krista, like when we started this podcast, I'm <laughs> like, my goal, my goal on here is to get Justin and Spencer and yep. even their wives. And maybe one day we will, we're going to, for sure. I'm going to speak it into existence right now. Have Sammy and Abby on here because they're best friends too. So no, like we just respect them in such Oh my, and just this high honor, like we really do honor them and value their opinion because I wouldn't be where I am today without listening to them and allowing exactly. them to into my life because they, there should be, there should just be more people like them in this world. I just believe that. And that's why y'all probably sensed a little bit of nervousness from me. <laughs> In this podcast, it's because like, I, I just, I was amazed and you get lost in when they speak, you really do, mm -hmm. but there's so many things that there's so many things that you like connect with. And one thing I wanted to point out and I'll let you, I'll let you finish. But one thing I wanted to point out was there's always a theme I feel like to our, um, our podcast and yeah. the bottom line is, is that self-awareness, mm -hmm. um, and I love how they talked briefly about like what self-awareness really is. Yes, obviously it's becoming aware of yourself, but like how to do that. So like analyzing your behaviors and your thoughts and asking yourself, well, why do I want this? Like he even mentioned, you know, do I really want that extra thousand dollars or am I really seeking security? Like what yeah. is that deeper meaning behind my actions and my thoughts? And um, I don't know if you were going to share some of their resources but that's basically what they do in the programs that they offer. They allow a space for you to dive deeper into your thoughts, into your behaviors, figuring out who you are, why you do the things that you do. Yeah, it's such a deep invitation to get connected to yourself, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really how I took it, honestly, y'all, is redemptive to my heart. Yeah, It redeemed a lot of broken, really painful areas in my heart. And God used that resource to redeem and put me back together, honestly. And sometimes I feel like we're just looking for permission to feel and do the things that we already feel. And I feel like a lot of um, like their podcasts and their resources, they allow you, they give you that permission and they affirm that it's okay to feel or think these ways mm -hmm. yeah and and before I get into like their resources and kind of brag on Justin and <laughs> Spencer a little <laughs> bit um I do want to point out some of the things that I noticed in that episode even like listening back to it like there's just so many questions I have now you know like I know 
I was like writing down in my notes, like things that I was thinking as we were listening. <laughs> yes. And I even realized things about myself in this episode as just a woman, but like basically what Justin and Spencer were saying is masculinity is about facing your fears and taking ownership mm-hmm. over them. And knowing that, yes, you're going to make a mess, but guess what? Through that self-awareness, through that deep invitation of connecting to yourself, you can find healing in the midst of your mess. You can, you know how to navigate it better and you don't have to survive anymore in your life. You can thrive. And that's what it was. And you see Justin like championing Spencer like supporting, supporting him and, you know, championing him on, is that a word sh- championing? Sh- no, champion. I was like, what the champion. hell is, ch- no, that's not a word. Yes, it <laughs> is. No, championing, champ, championing him on. Cheering? Cheering him on. Oh my God. I was like, champ, I, yeah. hold on. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm okay. Yeah, it is a word. It is a word. What the hell? I've never heard anybody use the word championing. <laughs> I Googled it. It's a part of champion. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Anyways, so I was right. <laughs> so Justin is championing Spencer on and just really just giving that opportunity to Spencer to find out who he is to the core and unveiling mm-hmm. his identity. And I think men women all human beings need an outlet to know that and to have permission to have that invitation but also for it to be a safe space to do that and yeah that's why I want to get into those re- like that's the thing men like you don't have to be alone you don't have to figure these things out anymore alone you can have support in all areas of your life. It does. You don't have to figure things out all on your own. You don't have to be the only provider saying, okay, what do I do next? Oh, I don't need advice because I'm the man. Like I, I need to know everything regardless. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. You like us as human beings, we are created for help. Like what Spencer was saying is like, we need the main source along with all the low capital s source and that's what that's what we want to give you and um so like justin and abby you can go on their website justin and abby abi.com it's where they have a lot of um they have consultants that you can sign up for um and you can have your own consultant they have one-on-ones and then they also have programs such as the pathway to freedom which is abby stumball and her best friend pc and justin helps out with that as well and it's for all human beings both men and women pc's husband which is Abby's best friend, got freedom through that, through editing it. And it's a really great source to get connected, to get self-aware, to thrive and unveil the core of who you are. So doing that, and I know sign up signups um, close September 12th. So you still have time. And then also they have like these mini programs that you can purchase and you can do on your own, on your own time. And they have like the father wound series. They have the compassion method. They have like a bunch of resources on there that you can just purchase your own and you can, you can do it on your own time. And then, um, Spencer and Sammy, 
this is the, um, they have the alive and free consulting. That is their business. Um, and this is the consulting where I, where I went into, where I signed up for the, for the come alive program. And it was, it was for women. This was two, almost two years ago, guys, that I signed up for the come alive program. It, it would, it will be two years in October where I signed up for it. That is insane. That's look crazy. At, I know. Oh look at where we are. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. Um, but no, now, and now they have a program for men. It's the come alive 2.0 for men. So you can go on alive and free consulting.com or I think that's it. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Sorry, Spencer, if I'm messing it up, but um, like, or you can go Spencer and Sammy Robbins and then it'll pop up. You can search for them, Google search for them on there. And it's just a great, that's where I, me, have taken a lot of what I've learned and then, you know, sprinkles of what I've been through in my own self-awareness journey and what I have learned. And that's like, that. that's molded me into who I am today, why we do this podcast, why I'm able to show up in my daily life, how I show up now. And so them, Sammy and Spencer really, just allowed that space for me and I could not be more grateful. And here, here, here I am two years later after doing that program. And I have a podcast, I have great relationships. Mm -hmm. I am able to navigate my pain and not let it be a level 10 or a level 11 anymore. Like it's like a level two or level three, or even when it gets high, it's kind of like, I know how to navigate this and I know I'm going to get through it. And I'm able to thrive and who I am now, and I'm able to thrive in my relationships on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then um, they also have a podcast, the Alive and Free podcast. So there's there's all these resources like that you can go to and search search for. So I just want to let you know, men, you don't have to do it alone, and that you are capable, you are strong. You can actually just because you might not have had someone to show you what true masculinity was doesn't mean that you have to continue on believing that for yourself. You can step in, take ownership, take your power back and make the choice to find out what masculinity is for yourself. What does that look like for yourself? And to reach out to those resources and figure out for yourself how you want to live live your life, where you want to be in two years from now, five years from now. What are your deepest desires and how can that those get fulfilled? How can your needs get met? And that's what mm-hmm. it's truly all about. But we're just so thankful that y'all listened to this. We had so much fun making yes. this masculine series. And honestly, like throughout this whole masculine series, I hope that you were able to gain more tools for your toolbox. And even if you don't have a lot right now, like going and researching those, you know, sources or even other sources, just something to where you can gain more tools in order to help yourself. And that has been the goal this whole time is just giving you guys practical ways to do all these things that we're talking about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So we hope that it's been super helpful and that you guys have taken just a plethora of things from the last four episodes. But thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate and love every single one of you. Yeah, and and that's why we do this, guys. It's not just to give you tools, not just to get you self-aware. It doesn't stop there. It, it actually invites you into freedom. And mm-hmm. that's what it's all about, freedom and getting connected to your authentic self. 
Yeah, I really feel like it it helps open your eyes more whenever you do get connected to yourself. Like that's that's how I would explain it whenever I talk about being self-aware. Like it literally feels like it's eye-opening. Like it's a different world. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just want to thank you all for listening in. Boaz, Justin, Spencer, thank you so much. I say this all the time, but thank you so much for saying yes and coming on our platform honestly it, we we don't take it lightly and we just honor each and every one of you and we value you and we love y'all and we have such a high respect for y'all so thank you so much and we have exciting things coming guys oh my god just wait <laughs> like this the masculine series does not stop here we have really exciting things coming for the last four months of 2022 and especially 2023 we already have these goals and things are going to be happening here on the real meaning of humanity podcast and it's going to be really big and really exciting and we can't wait to share it with y'all but we will see y'all next week yes all right we love you we love you bye bye